I want to come in and, and be that spark. I want to I want to bring the juice. Um, you know, I want to create create energy plays, spark plays. Um, you know, I love doing that. Welcome to Jaguars Reporters, presented by TIAA Bank, with Brian Sexton, John Osher, Ashlyn Sullivan, and J.P. Shatner. Jaguars Reporters, presented by TIAA Bank, starts right now. Welcome in, Jaguars Reporter Podcast, wrapping up a busy free agency week. We hope you listen to us on Friday, and we have a breaking news episode here on Tuesday. Not really breaking news, but it's a new episode at the least, and that's exciting. We have 12 free agents to talk about. Five came in the building yesterday, so uh, let's go general impressions. Brian Sexton, yesterday was more offensive day, and we heard everyone talk about the need for speed is real. Well, big picture generalization is that they found a group of 12 guys that not only fit their salary structure, fit their offense, their defense, their special team, whatever role it is that they're going to play, um, and make them more competitive. And, you know, we've talked about this now. If you think 8-8 eight and eight is a bit of a reach, or if you think maybe that's the high water mark, why would you go spend $15 million a year on a tight end or $20 million a year on an offensive tackle? You're not at that point yet. So I thought that their general approach, they got really good players, not maybe elite players, but guys who can step in, lift the level of performance of this roster at a number that gives them the ability to protect their salary cap for the future. Because I really think, JP, what I'm looking for is three years from now, they're going to have a lot of guys hopefully to pay and a quarterback to pay. And along the way here, why would you waste money on a guy in, in, in a prime year of his career when if you're thinking eight and eight might be a reach, then why would you pay $15 million for a guy that maybe pushes another team over the top? They had to rebuild the base of their roster, right, and and fill some spots immediately and get some players out of this situation that they don't know, they didn't draft, they didn't pick up. Guys that they, you know, even in free agency, they may not know them completely, but it felt like to me yesterday that uh, in the last two days these guys talked that, the personalities of these guys really matched what Urban and Trent Baalke wanted to do. That's why Ryan Stamper and Marcus Pollard, I think, are involved in a little bit of that process. And we'll see that a lot as the draft comes up, too. How do they fit uh, with their personality? Are they the type of person, player you want in this organization? And it felt like, especially yesterday, when um, when some of those guys step up to the microphone, a guy like Marvin Jones, who's been in the league for, what, eight, nine years now, yeah. Um, that is a guy you want in your building because he's been through some life. He's played football at a high level, and he can help some of these younger guys, John, come along. And I think that's an important part of the piece. It's tough to find that a lot in free agency, though, John. Well, they did what they set out to do in the sense of they wanted to, as you as you guys said, get better. And they also wanted to bring in guys they were familiar with. They didn't want a whole lot of risk in terms of personality type being brought into the building because there's enough of that in the NFL anyway. So they tried to minimize that. Uh, you know, I can't expand too much on what you guys said because you covered it. They needed to get the roster better. When they looked at this roster, they said, right now there are situations where we have to get better to be able to line up, to use that old word. They can line up better than they could before. But let's not underestimate Shaquille Griffin, Malcolm Brown, those are two spots on the defense. If you get better on the nose, 
and you make your whole secondary better, you know, there was no reason for them to go out and sign big-time linebacker. They've got that. They have pass rush. If they get those two spots better and safety a little better, all of a sudden that defense with some of the playmakers, you think Miles Jack won't benefit from these guys who came in? Right. You think know, he won't be a better player with better plays around him? So they lifted this thing a little bit in the last few days. Yes, despite the splash, had a, a bunch of things that they needed and checked off the list, and we sometimes forget right here, right now, that this team was 1-15 in 15 last season. No, they no, 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 no we haven't forgotten. No, 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 we no, haven't no. talked about forget. it in a little. Well, but we, we look, there's no point in continuing on. I mean, we knew what last season was. Last season was shh, shh, getting yourself set up to bring in Trevor Lawrence, shh, shh. right? What was that? No, I can't It whistle. was an eraser, shh, shh, okay. right? Wiping on the board. <laughs> You're, you're just trying to you, – They were. that was what it was about. They knew it was going to change this year. There, there's no doubt in my mind they knew it was going to change. Mm-hmm. So why even bother looking at the numbers last year? It doesn't matter. The system's new. The coaches new. The roster's going to be new. Move on. Yes, you had a lot of work to be done is the moral of the story. And you, you got a little bit closer in free agency. So let's hear from a few of the new guys. We're going offense on Jaguars Reporter Podcast today. We have heard Coach Meyer say he wants this team to be fast and has added some pieces to do just that in free agency. One of the most interesting was investing in a return specialist, but one of the best in the league with Jamal Agnew. Definitely means a lot to me just to know my skill set is being valued as it is. Um, I feel like special teams is a very important aspect of the game, and you don't really realize that realize that until something catastrophic happens. And but you know, I want to come in and, and be that spark. I want to I want to bring the juice. Um, you know, I want to create create energy plays, spark plays. Um, you know, I love doing that. Like that that stuff's fun to me. It was kind of weird last year without fans. Um, you know, I'm, I'm running a big return back and it's kind of quiet. So it's just like, what's going on? But, you know, I'm here. We're going to have, you know, 100% capacity. So I can't wait to, to house call that first one in, in this stadium. Staying on the offense train here, we go to free agency. And, and Philip Dorsett is someone who's been around the league and played for multiple teams, but is coming back from a, a foot injury that made him miss the entire 2020 season. So, one, excited to be here in Jacksonville, and two, just excited to be back playing football again. Um, I know he wanted speed. A lot of teams want speed. They need speed. And, um, and I can run. So uh, that was definitely one of, one of the, um, the big factors that made me come here. But not the only thing. But um, I would say it's probably up there. And we wrap it up here with a guy, frankly, I was absolutely blown away by this guy. Had the chance to speak to all of them. And Marvin Jones came in here with a plan and extremely professional. This is a guy, like JP said, you want in your locker room. And that veteran presence, frankly, was missing. And you have found it with this guy. Oh, well, I mean, it feels good. You know, obviously, because I'm still here and I'm still playing at the top of my game. So, um, you know, just like I just... I just uh, met everybody, met the young receivers, and um, they they didn't know I was 31. <laughs> so they were like, "Man, you look you look like you look like us." I'm like, "Yeah, you know." I said, "So, no, I'll show you the way. I'll show you how to how to get there." <laughs> so uh, I'm I'm here. I'm here to be that mentor, um, and and you know, for, for them to follow for them to follow me. Um, you know, I um, I love that, and I, I love that type of pressure, and um, yeah, so. It, it feels good. All right, John, we just heard from three offensive guys, and Coach Meyer has said multiple, multiple times, I want to pay, play fast. I want to play fearless. You can still add some pieces in the draft, but you're feeling a little better about the offense now with these additions. There's no question. I think uh, Marvin Jones is one that stands out. And from from listening to him, 
Schlin, you obviously had a chance to get to know him a little better than we all did. With guys who have been in the league 10 years, which he has, there's often reasons they've been in the league 10 years. They know how to approach it. They know how to keep their bodies right. They know how to prepare. You know, just talent doesn't keep you around this thing. It's clear that he's one of those guys who knows how to be in the league. On defense, they went and got Tyson Alawala, who's the same kind of guy. You can't just be an NFL player because you're a good leader. But these guys certainly bring that to the table. And I think Marvin Jones, with this young receiving core, he's going to play a huge role on the field. I, I usually stay away from, hey, guy is leadership guy, and that matters. But this might be one of those cases where that really does matter. Yeah, the, the Philip Dorsett one to me is, is interesting because he's this will be his fourth team in the NFL in a very short period of time. Remember, he started in Indianapolis, has that blazing speed, and then was traded. I think he was part of the Jacoby Brissett deal and was traded over to the Patriots as part of that. And then last Correct. year, missed the whole season – with that foot injury. So I don't know if you could really call this rolling the dice because you've seen him in NFL action Mm -hmm. really play well and play at a high level, but he is coming off that foot injury. That's a big unknown. Can he live up to that? So I think they're, they're taking a little bit of a a shot on Philip Dorsett, but it's a calculated risk for this team guys. Right. It's the contract. When you look at it, it's not like you're breaking the bank for Philip Dorsett. You're bringing in a piece and you're not, you know, if it's, it doesn't work, it doesn't work. (laughs) It didn't break the bank really for anybody. I mean, they, they all, the deal, they didn't set the market, which is what we've become accustomed to the Jaguars doing over the years. Um, They didn't break the bank, JP, because they're still number one in the league in salary cap room, which look, they got better. They lifted the roster up as John alluded to. They protected and preserved their salary cap and will into the future for, you know, two, three, four years down the road when we expect there to be a number of guys that you want to resign. I mean, all of these guys just fit. They were smart signings. I don't know much about Rudy Ford, right? But why is he here? He's here to provide a special team boost. Great. You need guys Mm -hmm. like that. And rather than draft somebody and hope to teach them and bring them along, this is a guy that will do that for you right to the guys that you bring in on the draft. So, I mean, it was a very smart week for the Jaguars and a different approach, and different approaches work uh, in different ways. I think this fits perfectly with where they're at. Specific to Dorsett, uh, say, as a play devil's advocate, he doesn't work out. Well, you've got Chenault, Sharp. Colin Johnson, and you've got uh, Marvin Jones. Yeah. And I, I would expect them to – it wouldn't surprise me at all if they draft a player at that position. So Dorsett is very much he – has, he has blazing speed. He might give you four huge plays next year because of that speed. So it's really sort of a gravy acquisition in the sense that if he gives you what you hope for, that explosiveness, fantastic. But you're not necessarily depending on him to be one of your main two guys. Yeah, not wide receiver one. That, hopefully, is Marvin Jones with the contract that they paid him and brought him in to do. All right, so that is our headlines, offensive focus for free agency. And before we all pick a guy and tell you more about him, subscribe Mm. to the Jaguars official podcast network. Tweet it. Like it. TikTok it. Instagram it. Five stars. All the above. Five stars. Like Uber drivers. Five stars. Right here, right now. All right, here we go. Learning more about some of our free agent picks. We have four guys we want to tell you about. JP, what do you got? 
I'm going to go with Rudy Ford. Hey, and Brian, I, I, I just said up. I don't know enough about well, it. Well, I'm about to tell you I'm more. I'm going to be an astute student for the next Take notes. Rudy Ford is from a small town in North Alabama. It's about 10 miles south of Huntsville. Which is his mother's maiden name? I don't know. Okay. What are his interests? Uh, I will say this. He's from Big Cove, and it's a, a small place. He went to New Hope High School. It, it, the, the high school is 300 students, right? Tiny class 3A school. Same high school as Howard Cross, by the way. Oh, Long the time tied in yeah. for the, the Giants, Giants, right? Went to Alabama as well. Went down to Auburn, was a starter for a couple of years, led the Auburn team in tackles for a couple of seasons, then kind of waned off his senior season. Then he goes in the National Football League, was with the Cardinals, and then, of course, we know him most recently with the Eagles. You know, he played last year only eight games, but he was like fifth in the league in special teams tackles, had 11 total special teams tackles last year. So, you know, he didn't get a lot of defensive time, hasn't had a lot of defensive time in his career. And as you, you pointed out earlier, Brian, it's a special teams acquisition, but he has that. Uh, and I think in the combine, he was the leading uh, bench press guy for, for defensive backs and safeties that year when he came out. So he's got strength. He can fly down the field and he has that just, you know, that mindset of going down and, and destroying the guy with the football. Now, you know, that'll be a lot on, on punt returns. There's not many kickoff returns these days, but he'll be on that team as well. But uh, I, I just like the fact that he came from a really small school mm-hmm. in high school, worked his way in the SEC, was, you know, a late-round draft pick, and has found a niche in the NFL, and it got him to a free agent contract. Now was third team in the NFL. So that's a little bit about Ford. I think, as you mentioned, it's going to be – I think that's a bigger acquisition. They haven't really had a core – group of special teams guys the last few years you, no. you need a handful of those guys that can play all the teams Brian yeah I mean you want a guy to be Montel Owens and and Jaguars right. fans will Absolutely. remember Montel Owens who by the way is moving back here um but Montel was a guy who was a running back and, and they found him I mean I didn't even think he'd make the team and yet you know Jeff Loggeman kept pointing out through the course of the preseason games you know that year look at this guy on teams look at this guy on teams and of course then it becomes a three-time you know, Pro Bowl special teams performer. And he really set the tone on special teams. That's the key is that you need somebody who says, hey, you guys, you're all like me, you know, bottom of the roster, you can be replaced. But if your hair's on fire and you're willing to take the coaching and then take down the return man, you can make a career in this game. And he has. So those guys are so critical because field position is a huge part of the game that gets overlooked so often. Field position Field position, field position. Yeah, and I asked him, because um, Coach Meyer is known for special teams and how much it is a big deal of his game. And I asked him, you know, you just got a, a contract, a big-time contract to come in here and, and be the special teams guy. And he's like, the commitment they have for this team to special teams is huge. I feel like I'm a really important piece. And at times, special teams, you don't feel like that. And he's like, here, I feel like that, John. Well, and they showed that with Jamal Agnew as well. I mean, they feel like they need to be better on special teams. You know, it's the old thing. When you are coming in as they are and you're trying to establish things, meaning the regime is trying to establish things, you need players who are going to be the symbol of that and to be the voice in the locker room. Clearly, Ford is that guy. Agnew is that guy on the other side of special teams, if you will, in terms of being the returner. So, it's putting your money where your mouth is. I'll say this too, uh, you know, Urban Meyer and and Nick Saban and guys like that are known for putting 
starting offensive or defensive players on special mm-hmm. teams units, right? Damian Harris was on the punt block team at Alabama, right, and had a few blocks in his career. Zeke Elliott was on kickoff coverage at Ohio State. And, like, you, you, you can't do that here in the NFL, but you go out and get specialized guys that can go – Basically, they're special team starters, even though they don't get starting right. uh, monikers here. You know, and you go with, um, if you pair Rudy Ford with, who was the best special teams performer last year? Who's the guy who stands out immediately that made the most plays on special teams? Where, here? Yeah, Andrew Wingard, to me, yeah, was the sure. guy. that made, Well, they haven't had a tandem like that here since, you know, 2010, when they brought in Kasim Osgood from San Diego, right, and the Chargers, to pair with Montel, and they were really good on special teams for a while. Because of those two guys. When you've got two of those guys that can do it, now yeah, now you really have a tempo center. So Absolutely. All right, Rudy Ford is one of them. I know so much more about him now, thanks to JP. <laughs> Thank you, kind sir. John, who you got? Well, I'm probably not going to go all the way back to high school for Carlos Hyde, <laughs> but I'll go back to his last time with the Jaguars. And, you know, I got letters from fans, or, or not letters. I'm not, you know, we're not in the 1940s. I got emails from fans. Or the uh, 90s. Why do we resign this guy? It, it, it didn't work last time. There was a bad taste. It was not a great moment, a 2018, for Carlos Hyde and the Jaguars. But he addressed it and said, look, um, it's a new era. He's really not resigning with the same team that he left in terms of NFL. So, fresh start for this guy. He knows Urban Meyer. It feels like, obviously, he knew he was coming here immediately as soon as Urban Meyer became the Jaguars head coach. This, to me, guys, is an example of the NFL for these players is not necessarily about the logo. It's about who's there. It's about who they're around. And for Carlos Hyde, he feels like this is a fit. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, by the way, send your self-addressed stamped envelope to John Osier, 1 TIAA Bankfield Drive, Jacksonville, Florida, 32202, and he will get back to you. Somewhere there's, a Reddit, somewhere there's Express, a Reddit JP. group. A Reddit group that will decide to bring back mail, kind of like they pushed right. up the uh, the GameStop stock, sure. and, and John, you will be inundated <laughs> with sacks, burlap sacks filled right. with pieces of you'll, paper. You'll have to get interns to help you sign your your name. <laughs> Sign me up for that. Yeah, that would be I'm fun to watch you with that. This summer for vacation, I love it. So anyway, Carlos Hyde. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> he's as he said, Urban was the the big name, but he's got multiple connections here. Balky got him in the league, drafted him in San Francisco, and then Schottenheimer last year had him in Seattle. So mm-hmm. it, it is the perfect setup for him. And it's a, a, as you said, John, it's a new regime. It's a new world here. You know, all Does he bring that, a different attitude? That's my that's question. That's the question. Because he did not have a good attitude when he was here. Well, remember, I, I he told, was behind Leonard and TJ and wasn't getting get a lot it. of playing time. I, I get it. I totally Yelled get it. Him. But he, he was not a pleasant person when he was here the last time. Now, he alluded to the fact that he was going through some things. And, you know, he didn't share all those. And that's fine. You, you know, you don't have to do that. But when they signed him, my first reaction is, not that guy again. However, when you go and you watch him play in Houston, uh, and we saw it, he brings power and quickness to the hole and a downhill mentality. So I can understand why they want to bring him in. Uh, and, and as John said, he's not coming back to the same locker room and the yep. same players. So, you know, he's got a fresh slate. Let's see what you do with it. He's 30 years old. He's a role player as far as I'm concerned. He's going to be a guy who's going to carry the ball with James Robinson. 
um, probably what, 15 times a game if, if that's what the, uh, the game plan calls for. So, you know, it's, it's low risk. It's, it's low money. It's, what is it, $3 million? Yeah, it's, it's like two years, six million. The grand million. scheme of things. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, okay, fine. Right? You want to bring some power in? He's as good a power back as you could bring in. And I will give him the benefit of the doubt and say that with Urban Meyer here as the head coach, he'll come in with a different attitude. Yep. All about a fresh start. And I do well, remember look. the next year that the Jaguars played the Texans. Carlos Hyde had himself a game. Yeah. We were saying, what the heck <laughs> happened right. to Carlos Hyde and why is he like this now? So. His place well, he was stuff. also here in 2018, guys. It's not like he was flying solo on having a tough year in terms of all that stuff yeah, that no, year. He so, was, that's right. You know, it, but he stands he out. He wasn't the only one that was a bad fit. He, still, sure. he so, wasn't here all that long. Uh, he stood out for the, for the way that he was in the locker room. I mean, it's, it was like, yeah, don't even all go kinds bother of story, with that guy, yeah. so. He's coming back to what he sees as a new situation. If he was going back to the, you know, to the Minnesota Vikings – for him, this is no different than that. So, yeah. fresh start. We'll see what happens. We will see what happens. All right, Brian, what about you? Can you sing the fight song of Philip Dorsett's high school? Oh, crap. <laughs> I know it. Don't tell me. Oh, they're going to be so disappointed. Thank you, remember. St. Thomas Aquinas alums unite. Wow. Yep. Um, the NFL good old factory. days. Yeah. NFL factory. Yeah. Just look it is, at me. Boy, yeah. they, they put out a lot of talent. There's no <laughs> doubt. Um, St. Thomas in Palm Beach. No, it's not in Palm Beach. Stop <laughs> spreading that rumor. Uh, here's the thing that stands out. And, you know, Dorsett was a first-round pick of the Colts in 2015. He's averaged 25 catches in 325 yards and two touchdowns in five seasons of action. Last year, obviously, you mentioned he didn't play. Um, you know, he, you look at his career numbers, 124 catches, uh, 1,634 yards, 11 touchdowns. Well, that, that, that's a good season by Michael Thomas right, in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. So everyone, whether it's the Colts or the Patriots or the Seahawks, they have banked on his speed. And he's made some plays here and there that have made you go, wow. Um, Low risk, high reward signing. You know, Dorsett reminds me of a couple of guys in this group who are all promising players who are still looking to capture their potential, right? Uh, to play at a high level and to prove that they belong in the NFL um, for four or five more years. And I, I thought he presented himself well yesterday. He's clearly got the speed, right? Assuming that the foot is there. Speed is why he has stayed in the league for five years. Because when you look at numbers like this, he's never had more than 33 catches in a season and never more than 520 yards, right? 525. So he's never put up big numbers. You'd say, well, I can go find another guy. I can go find Keelan Cole from Kentucky Wesleyan who can give me these kinds of numbers at less than this guy is going to cost me. However, what this guy brings is that tantalizing prospect of speed that you can't find in many places. You can't coach it. So hopefully the year off has given him the ability to recapture the explosiveness and be able to come and be on the field. Look, He's probably never going to be more than a twenty-five average twenty-five catch guy because you've got other you got Marvin Jones and Lavisca Chenault and DJ Chark and Colin Johnson, but if he gives you twenty-five catches where he averages sixteen yards or seventeen yards per catch, man, at the number that he's playing for, he's giving you something for sure. Yeah, if he flips the field four times, is he worth it? Oh, without yep. a doubt, checks I mean, the box. Yeah, I mean, if he takes it from the twenty-five to the opposing thirty-five three or four times. That's what you sign a guy like this for, that kind of speed where all of a sudden the momentum changes in a game. 
And, and with that speed, he's capable of doing that. Is he, uh, you know, I'm curious, can he do the different things? Uh, we're always kind of trying to compare people to Percy Harvin, right? Yeah. Similar size, right? I mean, Dorsett's 5'10", 190. Percy was like 5'11", 195, something like that, right? Different, I know, the, the speed, like they – Moved Harvin all over the place in the backfield, slot outside. Harvin was big, though. Do you know what he I mean? He was thicker. It he felt was thicker. Like, he, he, you, know? He, you know, when you, you used to put Jimmy Smith next to Keenan McCardell, you could always tell the difference because Jimmy had these, this lower body, yeah, that was just big, big legs. Right. Um, and and Harvin is that way. I mean, he's this guy is more of just a straight flat burner. Outside run down the field. Yeah, burner. He, well, here's what he'll do. He'll take the safety down the field who's scared of his speed and clear out the middle for whoever you have a tight end or for LaVisca Chenault in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. This guy will take the safeties away because his speed will scare them. Like end around stuff with him I, I would be interesting yeah. because of his speed to get around the corner maybe yeah. too. I don't know. They're going to use the old ho-ho-ho double reverse with LaVisca and Phillips. <laughs> I like that. Give me the, give me the old heave-ho. <laughs> Calling it now. Don't be surprised when it happens. He's spoken into existence. Love the Tennessee Skidoo. <laughs> All right. Bring it at home with Marvin Jones. He joked that he is now the oldest guy in the wide receiver locker room, but looks the youngest. Noted. Still at the height of his career despite his age, which is not old, but just funny. That's J- JP, you were the guy that called him old in the press conference. <laughs> I said, don't, don't take this the wrong way, but you are the old man of the room, he is what said I that. said. Yes. He this, smiled. He did. Yeah. He, hey, he it appreciates funny. it. It was right. This guy can play. Nine touchdowns last year, played in every single game, started obviously, in every single game and stat-wise, one of the best years of his career. This is a guy that you want in the building. And and something that stood out to me is we talk about leadership and you're like, yeah, 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 he's a great leader. Coach Meyer said it last Friday that his phone has been blowing up about this guy's leadership capabilities. But I asked him about the, about the wide receivers, and I was like, what, what do you know about him? DJ Chark, LaVisca, Chanel. He's like, actually, I just, I just sat down with them. I just spoke with them. Granted, let's remember that when free agents come in here, it's not for a week's stay. They're here maybe five hours, four hours. They have a lot to do while they're here. They're seeing coaches, going over things, meeting the media, and Marvin Jones took the time to sit down with these two guys his very first day and get to know them. I don't think... I've never heard of that happening before where you take, the, you say hi and bye, but that stood out to me. You know, you, you preach leadership and, and he's doing it. Well, free agency is different than it even was in 2017. I mean, I can remember 2017, you had Calais Campbell standing over in the coach's offices. And as all those guys came through from that big free agency class, you know, he was there to greet them and talk to them. Mm-hmm. You know, he and AJ Boye had a long conversation and they were spending the time together. Um, COVID has changed that a bit and just the, the, the rapid nature of building a team. Um, Marvin Jones, here, here's my reaction to him. Okay, they're not going to draft a receiver in the first round, right? Because yeah. you're adding Marvin Jones, or even maybe the second, Marvin Jones and Philip Dorsett to LaVisca, Colin, and DJ. Wow. It's a group. Okay, you got that group now. You go find another receiver somewhere down the road. But the other thing that it said to me was they are going to throw the ball a lot here. Yeah. A lot. With a quarterback. That we all have a name, idea. They're going to throw it a lot. So the mentality of run first, which was here 17, 18, 19, 20, gone. Yeah. (laughs) This team is going to throw the ball. Side note, John, have you Googled his American Idol performance? (laughs) I have not. I I was assuming, Slim, that you would take care of that angle for us, for Jaguars reporters who would cover that. Is American Idol, is that on TikTok? 
Is that one of those TikTok things, Shalane? Is that what they that is? They have a TikTok channel, and it was from the 2018 okay, season. It was like, kind of, I don't know if it made it on the finalized show, but it was kind of like behind the scenes. But they're like, Katy Perry. You know Katy Perry. She's a hit maker, John. She was blown away. She kissed a girl and she liked it, right? Jeez. Yeah. All right. Enough of that. <laughs> that was the song. Joe, turn my mic off. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So, yeah. Do yourself a favor just... and Google Marvin Jones' American Idol performance. It was thrilling. Well, there are some guys, and all kidding aside, we've all been through free agency enough where there are some guys who, when they walk into a building, you can tell that they are going to – own it in terms of being there for the media, in terms of being a leader. You know, you've been closer to him, Schlen, than any of us just by having a chance to talk to him. He strikes you as there's a little bit of Calais when Calais came in, mm-hmm. of uh, immediately becoming a veteran leader as if he's been here for eight or nine years already, that he has that personality type. When Calais got here, it was as if he had spent all 10 years with the Jaguars you need those kind of guys. It strikes me that Marvin Jones might be that kind of guy. Could not agree more. Slam dunk. Yeah, and I'll say this too, just to to, to get it out there. I I said earlier, you know, he's lived a lot of life. I didn't know about American Idol. That's one part of it. Mm-hmm. But not that long ago, uh, he and his wife lost an infant son. Um, so he and he almost quit football. And there was a point where he didn't want to do this anymore. He didn't want to do a lot of things anymore. And he explained yesterday that he quickly, after getting together with his family, decided, you know what, this this is the right thing to be around. So it's not just a football player mm-hmm. catching touchdowns. Um, he has his priorities in order, and Very I think much. that will go a long way in this locker room. How many times did Jamal Agnew say he's an incredible father? Yeah. Right. I heard it at least three times, and that, that I left thinking, okay, I can't wait to talk to him yeah. and find out what he does with his kids, and why, and what makes him such an incredible father. Yes. So important to find out what kind of people they are, and you find out by the way that you treat your kids. Mm-hmm. Overall, this seems like a, a really cool guy. And it was funny, after the interview, one more side note, he, he looked at the cameras, and he goes, oh my God, those are red cameras. And he's like, and I saw you guys walking around with Ari cameras. And we're like, <laughs> you, you know what those are? He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm really into the production side of TV, and, and this is awesome, you guys have this equipment. We're like, what? <laughs> Great. Um, we're going to be asking you to be in front of these quite a bit. Yeah, like get used to this. <laughs> You're liking this. There's more where this comes from. So, yeah. yes, overall, Marvin Jones, safe to say, impressed us. And this podcast, I would say, was pretty impressive for this week. When you that say, because John? you hosted? Yeah. Way to go, Ash. Duh. John's asleep. Can you see? I'm here. Huh? What? <laughs> Great Sign job. Off quickly, Ashlyn, before he can do anything to dissuade you from your positivity yeah here he goes he's brewing up thank you for tuning in jaguars reporters podcast like subscribe tiktok you heard it first to the jaguars official podcast network yes. don't forget five stars five stars there you go JP. TikTok. tiktok five stars yeah i just added it in there why not we'll see you next week